0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You can wrap this with my friend in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi, covering Mississippi state sports like
0: nobody else. Maybe a bye week here in Starkville, Mississippi State football taking the week off, but not here on Thunder, Thunder and Lightning Live. I am Brian. Hey, Dad, thanks for tuning in here at Super Talk Mississippi, supertalk.fm, Super SuperTalk TV, your Super Talk app, or just say, "Hey, Alexa." Yeah, you know, if you have an Alexa, I wouldn't just say it to random people, but Hey, Alexa, play Super Talk Mississippi. Boom, you're right there. Rhino's down there in Studio X. Anything that goes wrong today is my fault and not his. Thank you for joining us. Coach Chris Jans will join us a little later in the show. Looking forward to talking to him uh, on this bye week. I'm doing a bye week blitz. We'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the show. But with football you know, taking the week off, I thought let's give some other sports a look. And men's basketball, the start of a new era here at Mississippi State. Uh, interested to hear from Coach Jans and hear what he has to say. Ten days? Ten days to tip off? At the Humphrey Coliseum, at the, the currently being renovated Humphrey Coliseum. Real quick on that, there was a lot of rumors floating around. It's it's good to go, guys. You're, you're, they're going to be playing basketball at the Humphrey Coliseum this year. Not at uh, Tupelo or Jackson or anywhere else basketball could be played. No, it will be played in Starkville. Aside from the road games, those will be played in other uh, places. Mississippi State football had a road game uh, Saturday night in Alabama. I was in Tuscaloosa to witness that, and... And this may sound a little weird, and you know we've talked about it obviously in depth on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, but let's bring it here. For a game with a final score of 30 to 6 that state didn't score in until the absolute final play from the line of scrimmage. It really wasn't that bad. It wasn't it wasn't that bad. I thought as much positive as you can take from a game like that, you can take it for this game from Mississippi State. I thought they fixed a lot of the things that went wrong, defensively especially, uh, in the Kentucky game. I thought offensively they put themselves in some positions to make some plays. Unfortunately, they didn't make those plays. They didn't execute, but the plays were there by and large. And I thought that the effort was pretty good. I thought that you know they, they, they looked a lot better than they did a season ago against Alabama where they lost by 40 points at home. You know, not going to try to tell you that in a game that finished thirty to six that oh well, play here or there. We're not going to go down that road. But I would say that state had opportunities to keep themselves in the ball game more than they the score would have let you believe, but they didn't do it. And that's that's got to be the the biggest focus of this bye week uh, for Mississippi State. They've got to be looking at it in terms of. We are our own worst enemy. If you look at State's three losses this year, Alabama, maybe notwithstanding as much, but definitely LSU and Kentucky, those are games that, you know, if you want to play the semantics with it, Mississippi State lost those games more than LSU and Kentucky won those games. Now, give LSU and Kentucky credit. They did the things that you needed to do to win. But State had so many opportunities down in Tiger Stadium. They had so many opportunities up there at Kroger Field, or Kroger's Field, depending on what you refer to that supermarket as. They could have won both games without breaking a whole lot of sweat. But they didn't. They played poorly. They dropped passes. They missed blocking assignments. um, And the defense eventually just gave out and ran out of gas and allowed for big plays. And such is life. And that's why you're five and three and you're not, you know, seven and one or, or six and two or something like that, which is, you know, not going to play. Again, don't want to play the whole world. They should be, you know, you are what your record says you are. But the good news for Mississippi State is that for the most part, I would imagine most of you listening out there who are Mississippi State fans who aren't just total sunshine pumpers that you probably had this team winning seven or eight games and 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 you were hopeful to, you know to go into the final half of the season the chance to win or the final third of the season the chance to win eight games and and to win the egg bowl that's exactly where state is my preseason predictions i had state 5 and 3 at this point i had them losing to lsu kentucky and alabama now i changed my kentucky prediction here in the season because i thought that that was a wounded kentucky team I give them a lot of credit for playing through through some adversity and, and fighting through some injuries and finding a, a way to win and really playing well in that game. And state, you know, my, my state just isn't good at Kentucky. They haven't won there since 2014. I will go ahead and give you a prediction. If this show is still in the air, keep your fingers crossed. If it's still in the air in 2024, I will not predict Mississippi State to beat Kentucky. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that road again. So. That's what I feel like the bye week is obviously, you know, when it's this late in the season and you only get one. And when you consider, you know, state has had some injuries, but not the kind of injuries you can't come back from. You know, Dylan Johnson, Laquinson Sharp, Jaden Crumby. these are all guys who may play against Albert. I feel pretty confident that Sharp and Crummey will. Johnson will have to wait and see. But to get those guys healthy, to have a week with no game and then with all the mental adversity with, with the the tragic death of a of a teammate Sam Westmoreland, to get that behind you, and and try to move forward, and that's going to be a difficult task because I know they all love their teammate, but the, the, it's a cliche, right? The buy is coming at a good time. I really feel like the buy is coming at a good time, and it gives, like I said, it gives Mississippi State an opportunity to to put things in motion for the the, the final four games. Your next three games are at home. You've been so much better at home this year than you've been on the road. Auburn is a game you should be a double-digit favorite in that game. You should win it. East Tennessee State is an FCS team. Obviously, you should win that game. There's Georgia, and I'll say this, and I'm not, I'm not saying I think State's going to beat Georgia. I'm definitely not saying that. But what I saw against Alabama, if you can get that kind of defensive effort again, if you can play defense against Georgia the same way you did against Alabama, And, and this is the big if, you can play offense the way you've played at home this year. If your offense can play the way it played against Texas A&M and against Arkansas, against Georgia, if you can do that, you can be in the game in the fourth quarter. You can give yourself an opportunity to win that game. I don't think state's going to win. I won't predict state to win, barring some sort of huge Issue with Georgia cropping up between now and then. But you can be in that game against the number one team in the nation. And then you go to Oxford, and that's where the story of the season will be told. You're likely going to be 7-4. and four. Ole Miss, if you made me put money on it, probably 8-3 and three coming into that game. I think they'll lose to Alabama and to Arkansas. We'll see what happens this weekend with Texas AM. and And then your story's told there. Either you beat Ole Miss... And you're eight and four and you go to a, a halfway decent bowl game and you feel good about where you're going forward with Mike Leach, or you lose for the third straight year and you're seven and five and you go to a, a lackluster bowl game and you're you're trying to sell people on, on Mike Leach when he can't he can't win the egg bowl. When he didn't improve from year two to year three, despite having an incredibly veteran laden team. It's a tough sell. A tough sell. The egg bowl gets more and more important literally every day we get closer to it. I was just talking to some guys on the beat today, and, and we, we were saying it's almost at a point now for Mississippi State where even if they were to beat Georgia, if they lose to the in the egg bowl, it kind of throws all that away. If state had beaten Kentucky, so they're six and two right now, and then you beat Albert, and then all of a sudden you beat Georgia. You're eight and two, and you're like, oh wow, they're going the right direction. And then you lose the Egg Bowl, but you finish nine and three. I think it's more forgivable. You know, you're like, oh, okay. well, they lost the Egg Bowl, but they beat Georgia. They beat the number one team in the nation. They won nine games. You know, we'll get them next year when when the game's in Starkville. It's fine. Seven and five with a loss to Ole Miss. Leach isn't going anywhere, but nobody is. Nobody's on board anymore. It's a tough sell. The Egg Bowl keeps getting more and more important every week for Mississippi State, but like I said earlier with what I saw Saturday night, especially defensively the way they were able to stop the Alabama running game, the way they were able to limit Jameer Gibbs, the way they were able to pressure, and especially in the second half put some pressure on, on Bryce Young those are the kind of things Mississippi State's going to be need to be able to do against Ole Miss. You saw Ole Miss this weekend against LSU, the key to that game was the amount of pressure they were able to put LSU was able to put on Jackson Dart State's got to be able to do that too Long way to go. We're going to talk a little bit about injuries when we come back, with no help from Mike Leach, of course. Mike Leach doesn't talk about injuries, but we will. Three huge players missing for Mississippi State. Are they going to be back next week? I think so. What are they going to do when they come back? What's the difference in the team when they come back? We'll talk about that when we, when we come back. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning. the Super Talk Mississippi. Glad to be back with you on a Wednesday. We'll be back in just a minute. On Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. If you ever miss the show, or if you just can't get enough Mississippi State stuff, please subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning Podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts. It's also available right there at supertalk.fm. Tomorrow will be a good day. We're gonna talk about we'll talk about it later. That's a tease. That's what we call that in the business. And while you're out there subscribing to podcasts, subscribe to the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast. You get the full show, none of the ads. Just an easy listening experience to catch up with everything that's happening in this state and across the SEC and across the country in the world of sports. And, of course, there's Michael Borke's Rebel Report. If you want to keep up with what's going on with Ole Miss, no better place to do that. By the way, all these podcasts, they're free. Super Talk Mississippi. I mean, nobody gives you more sports information for nothing than we do here at Super Talk. Injuries. State was missing three big players. Now, one of them has been missing the whole year. Let's just be honest about Jaden Uh Hurt himself uh, in fall camp and has been out since. Will play the final four games of the season in all likelihood. When you look at what State's been defensively this year, pretty good against the run, not good Kentucky, against Kentucky, obviously, but for the most part pretty good against the run. And it's been better this year in terms of rushing the passer. But getting a guy like Crumity back in the rotation is going to be huge for Mississippi State. Never mind, you know what he brings from a leadership and, and and a locker room presence kind of standpoint. He's just your best defensive lineman. Uh, we've had some. I've had some people ask me, do you think he could redshirt because he's only going to play four games? I mean, he could, but he's a guy who I think is is well on his way to the NFL and and will join uh, the ranks of Fletcher Cox and Chris Jones and those guys as one as another MSU defensive lineman playing at the next level, but he allows you to have just more depth. Uh, he'll go. I think he'll slide right in as a starter, I think, when he comes back. And your, your starting line will be Charlton, uh, Cam Young, and and Jaden Crumity. And now Nathan Pickering, who's been playing out of that defensive sp- uh, tackle spot, he can give you the versatility of sliding inside or outside, can play that nose tackle. Javon Banks has played a lot of that nose tackle as well. But regardless of that, just to have him back on the field, I think it's a huge plus, especially when you're looking at your next – you know, two of your, or really three of them, are, are teams that want to run the football. Auburn, of course, really all they want to do is run the football. There's not a lot going on in the passing game there. Uh, Georgia is a team that likes to run the football, although Stetson Bennett has been very good throwing the ball this year. And then Ole Miss is a great running team uh, as well. So having a guy like Crumity back for those games is really big for Mississippi State. Um, and I think, I think, you know, as much of a, an impact as one can make in four games, Jaden Crumity is is kind of poised to do that. So, something to keep an eye on there. Expect him back for the Auburn game. Also, expect LeQuinston Sharp back uh, for the Auburn game. Uh, he went down, you know, about midway through the uh, the Kentucky game, and I mean, I, I think that that played a role not not a huge role, but it played a role on why State was so quick to get away from running the football in that game. Well Quinston trump when you're the center, you're the captain there. You're the guy making the calls for everybody else. They moved Stephen LaSoya down, who I think has been doing a fantastic job at left guard. But that's a tough that's a tough transition to move to center and, and be responsible for a lot of things like that. Um and state ran the ball okay against Alabama, better than I thought they would, especially considering they didn't have Dylan Johnson. But Getting sharp back in the middle. Now you've got the offensive line in place that was so good against Texas A and M and Arkansas. And now again, a locker room standpoint, a leadership standpoint. That that guy is really the leader. You know, he's the, he's, the, he's the guy who's been there the longest. People you know, people hear his voice. So I think that'll help go a long way. And again, Mississippi State. If there's one thing that's been proven this season, it has been proven is that this offense, for all the bells and whistles about air raid and passing this and throwing 70 passes, this offense is at its best when it can run the football, when it can be a little more balanced, when Marks and Johnson are getting you four or five yards every time they touch the football. State's got to be able to run the ball in these final four games, especially against Georgia and Ole Miss. They've got to be able to to be two-dimensional and have balance. Um. So having Lequinson Sharp do that is going to go a long way to helping them with that, I think. And then you talk about Dylan Johnson. Now Johnson is the guy who may he may he may need another week. You know, when you're talking about a knee injury for a running back, and that's what I'm making assumptions here, guys. I don't know for a fact that it's a knee injury. I know what everybody tells me. People tell me, you know, what I hear. But as far as an actual confirmation of that, well, I'll, I'll just wait on that and I won't hold my breath. But, and neither should you, just for that matter, especially if you're driving. But I expect Dylan Johnson, I, I think he has a chance to be back for this game. You know, he'd be missing, I guess, uh, the two weeks at that point. So we'll see. Johnson is the best running back on the, on the roster. I love Woody Marks. I thought he showed an incredible amount of toughness playing last week through a broken nose, which, I don't know, if you saw, I grabbed his face mask. There, there was no flag. Uh but Marks was good, and I really like the young freshman Simeon Price. I think that guy's a future star. But Dylan Johnson's kind of the, the guy, right, especially in terms of third and one, who do you want to have the ball? Johnson's that guy. Johnson, I tell you, when you watch him play and you think about the previous coaches under, under at Mississippi State with Dan Mullen and Joe Moorhead, Dylan Johnson would have been their prototypical workhorse kind of back. Uh, you can see why Moorhead recruited him because – he has the same kind of skills that would have thrived in that offense had it been a successful thing. You know, he not only is a good runner between the tackles, but he has the speed to get outside and he can catch the football. So, Dylan Johnson being back, I, again, I don't know if it's going to be for Auburn or not. It might be for Georgia. Might not be for the Egg Bowl. I don't know. I expect him back, though. Him back. But that's three big pieces to be missing for any team. You're talking about, I mean, think about SEC media days. You know, the, you sent uh, you sent Jaden Uh LaQuinson Sharp is the guy who's back for his, I think it's his third year at Mississippi State, out of a JUCO or a fourth year, maybe out of a JUCO. So one of your most experienced players, and then your leading rusher. That's tough to win with those kind of guys missing. Even you know, I know Alabama, and I know you probably weren't going to win anyway. But to go over there and just be able to be competitive was pretty impressive. I, I I'm surprised. I, I surprised myself how much positive i was able to take away from the alabama game i mean you guys know me you know you, you know what what my brand is you know that pessimism is how i've made my my fortune i use quotation marks i i used air quotes i'm not richard cross i don't have an actual fortune but I i left bryant denny stadium thinking they played okay You know, a play here and a play there, and that could have been a much more competitive game And when we'd be talking about how good Mississippi State did over there. And I like the fact that, you know, think about the last drive. Just to get points on the board, I know Alabama probably had a lot of reserves out there, but Alabama's reserves are still five-star kids who will probably play in the NFL. And State just drove down the field and didn't didn't just tap out and say let's run the clock out and get out of here. They wanted to put points on the board, and they did it. I mean, it's as, as much of a small victory, and that is a very small victory. But as much of that as you can take from it, take it, take it. So, I left Brian Denny telling Robbie Falk, who I rode to the game with, I left. I was like, this this team made me feel better about it than I did last Saturday when they lost to Kentucky. I looked at last Saturday and I was just like, seven and five. They're they're going to they can beat Auburn. They'll beat East Tennessee, but Georgia and Ole Miss, I'm not seeing it. Now maybe the way Ole Miss played against LSU is sort of you're messing with that prediction as well. I still, if you said make a, a decision, I think I, Ole Miss will be favored in that game, and I think they should be. It's me being in Oxford and the, the way they've played this year. They've played better this year than Mississippi State has. But a week ago, I would have said, "Gosh, Ole Miss probably be like a seven, eight point favorite." Now it's probably back to where we had it when we talked to Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. Uh, on Sports dog Mississippi, where he had, I think, is like a two and a half, three point game. So, you know, I keep coming back to the egg bowl. Ole Miss fans listening are going to please don't message me with anything about rent free or anything uh, like that. You know, you got don't, please don't. I don't. I don't feel like dealing with that today. But it's it's just such a huge game. It's always a big game. The Egg Bowl is always a big game. But this year, from the Mississippi State perspective, it's less, and I'm not saying it's not important to Ole Miss, I'm saying it's less important to Ole Miss this year because Kiffin is, is rock solid in everything. His fan support should be rock solid. The guy has done nothing but win since he got to Ole Miss. He, and he's, he's, he's recruited well. And there's no, there's nothing to, Ole Miss fans should not have any complaints. If you do, you're, you're spoiled. Um. But for Mississippi State, it's a different story. Mike Leach is still, you know, waiting to, to really grab the reins of fan support. So we'll see if he can do it when we get there. We'll be changing gears, though. We're going to talk, uh, hoops. I'm looking forward to talking some college hoops. I'm looking forward to the hump being what the hump used to be. Is this guy the man to do it? We're going to talk to Chris Jans in just a few minutes. Not a lot to talk about. His team, a lot of new faces. But some old faces as well. In a new-ish arena, it's the same old arena. But they've added to it. They've made it better. Can Chris Jans make Mississippi State basketball better? That's what we're going to find out in just a few minutes when we talk to him. So Chris Jans will join us here on Thunder and Lightning Live when we come back here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.
0: You called down the thunder, well, now you've got it. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. I'm the host of the only statewide show covering Mississippi State sports. And I like that. I like doing that. You know why? I think talk to guys like this. Chris Jans, the head coach of Mississippi State basketball, joins us for the first time here on Thunder and Lightning. Coach, thanks for joining me. If I've done the math right, I think you're 10 days from tip-off. Do you ever reach a point practicing where you just say, yep, we're ready. We're ready to play basketball. This team, we've practiced as much as we possibly can.
1: Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Um, No, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've ever been to that point as a head coach, for sure. Maybe as an assistant, but I normally am like, can we start over? I haven't done a very good job. We need to start over. We're not where we need to be. And that's unfortunately the hollow feeling that uh, I have right now, but the calendar won't stop. It'll keep turning. And and whatever number of days you said, it's close enough to me. I'm not sure the exact number. I know it's a week from Monday. Um, we're going to play college basketball in the hump. What's
0: what's a Chris Jans practice like? If I were to come out there and watch practice or, God forbid, I had to participate, what would I expect?
1: Well, first, I, you should come on out and uh, check it out sometimes. You know, we let the media come in and see what's going on and how the sausage is made. We'd love to have you. Um, and if you're a willing participant, we'd throw you out there in a drill or two if you had any eligibility left.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't know how no, that would work.
1: No, you don't want to do that? No, trust no, me, that I don't, I don't want to either. You can stand by me and help me coach the team. <laughs> how about that?
0: Now we're talking. Now we're talking.
1: I'd be as bad as you. What, what, what? But, you know, they're, they're uh, I would think, fairly organized and uh, try to have a decent rhythm to them, try not to waste a lot of time, try to have some pace from one drill to the next and, and keep them on their toes, keep them moving. And certainly any coach will tell you they spend a lot more time than probably the outside folks would imagine. And just trying to prepare uh, a quality practice plan each and every day. And certainly you can't work on every facet of the game and uh, you can't, you know, be physical and, and uh, combat, if you will, all, all, the practice as well so you just try to um organize some drills and certainly you have some that have been uh successful in the past and you're always open to new ideas from your staff and um just try to put the put the best practice plan together that you, you can And then obviously at the end of the day it's um about the player's energy and how they feel and if they're uh you know bought in that certain day and uh, try to keep it you know, the distractions at a limit as best we can. But, um, you know, that's kind of what you would expect when you walk in the gym.
0: Is it tougher, in your opinion, for a, for the coach, a new coach, to adapt to new players? Or is it more difficult for the players to adapt to the new coach?
1: Well, I try not to speak for my guys, if at all possible. But uh, I would venture to say that it's a little bit uh, – I would say there's some in-between to it. I would say both parties would say it's maybe more difficult for themselves, but um, I think it's much easier for the players to adapt to one person's, one style, uh, one scheme, one idea of how we're going to do things, rather than, you know, me or my staff trying to adjust to each and every guy that we have, and that's kind of one of the, Baselines to who we are, and especially when we're trying to build the expectation and the standard up for everyone in our program each and every day and I've talked about that very uh you know said thing is you guys have to do some adjusting to how we do business every day and the expectations we have in the environment and the culture that we're trying to create on a daily basis and uh you know it's much easier and makes more sense for you know you sixteen to adjust to to one a vision and and one person's idea rather than us trying to tailor-make it to each of you. But there's definitely some give and take uh, up and down the roster that way.
0: What's your biggest challenge here in year one?
1: Um, It's always hard. The first year is always hard. You know, everything's new. I don't care if they played here or not. I don't care if they played for me or not. I don't care if they played elsewhere or not. This group is so new to all of us. So you're teaching Every day, and I love to teach, so it doesn't bother me. It's just a challenge that each and every day you've got to be ready and prepared to teach everything that you do. You don't have four or five guys to throw out there and say, "Hey, show them how we guard this," or "Hey, show them how we run this," you know, blob offense or whatever facet of the game it is. So there's so much more teaching, Um, and so you have to have a little more patience, maybe, than you want to, and you've got to go a little bit slower than you want to because. You know, you got to get ABC before you can go down the alphabet, and uh, that, that's probably, to me, one of the most challenging things in your first year.
0: You went out this summer as part of, of the Bulldog Club's, you know, road tours, and, and got to talk to a lot of fans across the state. When you talk to fans about Mississippi State basketball, what are they wanting to see from your team? Obviously, wins, but what are they telling you? Because you know, for somebody who's followed Mississippi State basketball most of my life. The, the phrase I hear all the time is, we want to see the hump the way it used to be. What, what are they telling you when they speak to you?
1: Well, first of all, I was so impressed with the energy and the interest in our basketball program. I mean, it feels awesome to be at a place in the middle of the summer when you don't know anybody, for the most part, walking into a, a building and the people were excited to meet you, to see you to tell their stories of Mississippi State basketball. And it was a lot of fun to just get a feel for our fan base. And what I took away from it was, one, they're passionate. Obviously, like you said, I mean, everybody wants to win. Winning solves a lot of problems. But I agree, you know, they want the hump to rock again. They want the energy, you know. And part of that, not the majority of it is on me. You know, it starts with me and my staff and our players, and we've got to do a good job of trying to connect with people and build relationships with people and give them a reason to come out and support us, and then obviously the product on the floor will be the biggest difference maker of people that give us a chance to come watch us play if if they like how we play. And don't get me wrong, we're judged by wins and losses, but we're also in the entertainment industry as well, and so... Um, that's not lost on me or my staff in terms of trying to play a style of basketball that will be, um, you know, pleasing to the, to the most fans, you're never going to please everybody. Everybody's got a different idea of how you should play. Um, but we're going to be aggressive and, uh, get after people and try to, you know, play some, some tempo basketball. And, uh, what I've been telling everybody is if they come out and watch us play, the one thing I guarantee is that we're going to play really, really, really hard. We're going to compete at a high level. Uh, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to miss shots. We're going to turn the ball over. But uh, it's not going to be a lack of effort. It's not going to be a lack of preparation. Um, and we're going to keep working and keep grinding. And and uh, we're just trying to get, you know, a swell of support, you know, in and around Starkville, in and around the campus. And uh, we've been out, you know, in the sororities, fraternities, and out in the community trying to get people excited about um, the energy that we have and the new team. And, uh, you know, in a couple weeks here we're going to see where we're at.
0: Let's talk about your team itself, and obviously one of the big building blocks for you is Tolu Smith, a guy who you know has been basically a double double machine for Mississippi State since since he's arrived in Starkville. Is he the kind of guy you can build what you want to do offensively around?
1: First of all. Uh, from here on out, we need to have these interviews where it's not after practice. That's the worst time to talk to me because I'm usually not in the best of moods, and maybe my opinion of <laughs> some of my players isn't what it normally would be. Like tomorrow would have been a great day to talk because we're, we're you know we're off, <laughs> and so uh, I'd probably be back to you know more of a realistic approach. But. Uh, yeah, Tolu, I love talking about Tolu, you know, not just because of his ability and his skill and his experience, but more so his bought-in level is, is very, very high when you get some of your best players that buy in, especially when you're new, that really helps, I think, get the crowd to follow suit, if you will, and um, certainly, you know, he's got a resume, and he's obviously a very good player, he's been there, done that, but now we're trying to get him to do that, you know, on a winning team, and um, it's just harder, it's just different, you know, it's one thing to score whatever you score on a team that wins X amount of games, but to do it on a team that's, you know, uh, beating really good teams is a whole other matter, but um, the buy-in's been awesome, Uh, he's shown some leadership. Uh, ability recently, and I love seeing that from, from any of our players, especially of one of his size and um, his respect that he has with, with his teammates.
0: Coach, we've got about a minute left. A lot of newcomers on your team coming in from, from the transfer portal, obviously a few true freshmen as well. Who are a couple of guys that Mississippi State fans might not know that you think they're going to know who this is by the end of the season?
1: I think dayon Davis is probably one that comes to mind uh, he's gonna be on the floor a lot. He's got experience. He's got a resume. He plays with the fire and explosiveness that I think the fans are going to really like. and um, he, he can do a little bit of everything. He can score the ball. He can create for others. He, he can really defend. He's a high-level athlete, and he's got a competitive streak. So we've got plenty of guys, I think, that have a chance to contribute to winning, but I think the one guy that from the jump that people are going to um, notice right away uh, in terms of a new guy would be Deshaun Davis.
0: The start of a new era at the Humphrey Coliseum, November the 7th, Mississippi State basketball under Coach Chris Jans. Coach, really appreciate your time. I will make sure next time we don't get you right after practice for for the interview.
1: (laughs) All right, man. Sounds good. Appreciate you having me. See you soon.
0: Coach Chris Jans, thanks for his time. We appreciate that. We'll be back to wrap things up here on Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. To let that one run just a little longer. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi, wrapping things up with you here on a Wednesday evening. As I said before, if you ever miss anything from Thunder and Lightning, if you missed our talk with Coach Chris Jans that we just wrapped up, it's Jans, by the way. I know some other people thought it was Yans for some godforsaken reason. It's (laughs) yogging. It's a soft J. Anyway, If you miss anything, you can always check out the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, which, by the way, if you go to supertalk.fm, literally everything I upload is right there. So I would bookmark that site. But then anywhere you get podcasts, you can get the Thunder and Lightning podcast, you get this show, you get all the interviews that I do as well. I always clip those out and make them separate. So tomorrow's podcast, just for the record, is all interviews. So We we were doing something we called the Bi-Week Blitz, and this interview with Coach Jans was part of it. Uh, But on tomorrow's podcast, I have interviews with Coach Sam Purcell, the new women's basketball coach here at Mississippi State, Coach Chris Limones, obviously the skipper of the Diamond Dogs, and Coach Samantha Ricketts, the head coach for MSU Softball, coming off of a uh, super regional uh, appearance uh, in the NCAA tournament. So... No football to talk about. Let's talk some about the other sports. And those, I've already done those interviews. They're all fantastic, great insight. Coach Lamona's, who I've talked to so many times that you know it, it's just easy to talk to him. And then the other two guys, you know, I've only talked to Coach Purcell a few times. Coach Ricketts, I've talked to a few times as well. But great stuff from them. So check that out on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. I have those interviews there, and of course, like I said, if you miss what we just did with Coach Jance, that'll also be available to you. See, there's nowhere else. There's nowhere else you're getting this kind of MSU content for nothing, for nada. or I don't know any other words. I don't know what the French word for nothing is. Le nothing? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, next week for Mississippi State, 630. 630? Is it 630 or 6? 6. I don't remember now. It's an evening kickoff. We'll just go with that. If you show up at 6, You'll either be on time or you'll be 30 minutes early, and that's not that bad. We'll just go with that. But the Auburn game did get a, a a late kickoff. I'll be honest with you, I think State's in a pretty good spot for the rest of the way to have night game kickoffs, which obviously as it gets colder isn't a huge, isn't a great thing. But the Georgia game against the number one team in the nation, you feel like 2.30 is going to be Ole Miss-Alabama, uh, and so State-Georgia could be the, the ESPN night game there. I don't think that'll be an 11 a.m. game. The Egg Bowl obviously is already set for a night kickoff, so that's no issue. And then with the uh, East Tennessee State game, that is a a streaming game, so Mississippi State sort of has some wiggle room there on when they want to play it. So that I I, I would be willing to bet that's like a mid afternoon game, maybe a three o'clock, four o'clock kind of kick, just because you don't want to, you know, you don't you don't have to be super cold there in the middle of November, but at the same time you don't want to kick off at eleven a.m. either. But because it's a streaming game, it's not on any any television network state has the uh the ability to sort of f- finagle for lack of a better word uh the time so you know we didn't have much in, you know what the Memphis game was a night kickoff then your next three home games were all early kickoffs so what it was 11 uh three and 11. I think the rest of the way it'll be uh, it'll be dark of course it's daylight savings in a few days too as well which I which I hate those of you who listen to sports talk Mississippi be no no lights in the backyard. I'll be grilling in the dark. I need to get a headlight. You know, I'll get a miner's helmet, I guess. Something like that. And, of course, you know, we've got only one more week. And Like I said, we have the Auburn game next week. And then when we return on, I guess that's November the 9th, that that Thunder and Lightning Live, we'll be talking about MSU basketball. We'll have our first men's and women's games that will have been played, and we'll be able to talk about them and what we've seen Uh, Out there on the court, so it's an exciting time of year here in uh, in Starkville. As basketball gets gets starting to get ramped up, football is starting to come down the home stretch. Uh, As we're getting closer to the Egg Bowl, getting closer to bowl season, where will the Bulldogs be headed? Fingers crossed for Las Vegas. I think a lot of y'all. That's the one, right? Eight and four and go to Las Vegas. That's the one you want. You've been to Jacksonville. You've been to Houston. You've been you've been to Nashville. Vegas, Stark Vegas to Las Vegas. The marketing writes itself. The branding will be so easy for those guys over at, uh, in the Brian building, Stark Vegas to Las Vegas. I mean, just, it's just not, it's just not any better than that. So we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else to, to hit up here? Tomorrow on Sports Talk, Mississippi, I know that Ross Dellinger is joining us. Uh, I believe. I believe we will have some Texas A&M talk as they get closer to that game for Ole Miss. Obviously, I think, and I'm so I believe, and I'm looking forward to this as a guy who grew up in Central Mississippi and and watched uh, WLBT Sports all the time. But Rob Jay is supposed to join us at some point to talk about Jackson State College game day headed to the capital city. I'm a big fan of that. Looking forward to seeing it on uh on Saturday morning and what Dion's done with that program. So. A lot of good stuff tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. Hope you'll check it out. Again, check out the Thunder and Lightning podcast. A lot of great stuff there. And I'll be back with you next Wednesday for Rhino. And there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydat. Thank you very much for listening to Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi.